And then after about seven or eight months of deterioration and with no diagnosis, nobody knew what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I was just getting worse and worse. I started healing. Um, there was this incredible heat that came through my body, uh, first in my heart and then in my wrists, so much so that I actually blistered. But I needed there needed to be four crucial things that I'm going to go through in order for me to get to that point. So the first one was I had to start um, getting my life back. All right, I had to start making friends again. At the time, an ex-girlfriend was driving me around and she was being my hand. She was feeding me and we started getting back into a, a bit of a relationship, even though I knew she was the wrong person for me. I started convincing myself that maybe she might be. But it wasn't that so much as it was uh, spending time again with friends and sort of having something to look forward to every day, even though, I, you know, every morning I woke up, I realized I was back in this nightmare. Um, it started, things started getting a little bit better. Um, I started spending time again with friends, especially on weekends. And then in the evening, uh, I would go down to, there was a local backpackers and people would, you know, help me out that open the gate for me. Cause, um, so she was driving me around and feeding me and, and these people would open and, and I started spending time with people again, which I had not been doing when I was on my spiritual phase. I'd just been concentrating on spirituality. So the, the one was getting my life back. The second one was letting go, um, was actually realizing that even if I had my hands amputated, because that's the way it was going. So even if I amputated my hands and had to live the rest of my life without my hands, that I would be okay. And I knew that I was playing a trick on the brain, but I still ha had to play this trick on the brain in order to get better. So whenever, because the main stress was that I was, I was going to lose my hands completely because by then my, my arms over here were down to the size of my wrists. Uh, so they were like basically just a bone, you know, I had to play this game on my brain. So whenever it started going, how is your life going to be possible without hands? I'd have to go, no, you can live without hands. So that was kind of like a surrender type type thing. Whereas like um, before I was thinking, I can't imagine losing my hands forever. You know, I'm, I'm not using them now and life is terrible. I want to kill myself. And then so each time my brain went, started going down that path, it was like, no, no, no. You'll, you'll be happy even if you lose your hand. So it's kind of like a form of exposure therapy. You're exposing yourself to the worst case scenario. So I, I discovered this, you know, during that time, you know, um, that um, I could expose my brain to worst case scenario and go, worst case scenario, you're not that bad. So that's surrender and kind of exposure therapy type thing. So just preparing the brain. So that was the first two. Now the and then the 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 other two were very interesting. The the one was my my brain, without me knowing, out of survival because I'd been I was coming closer and closer to death. My organs were showing signs of shutting down, and um, so there were signs. So my um and it was, yeah, I really felt like I was reaching the end, and the brain knew that as well, and. I believe this is what happened because there's no way of knowing for certain because what happened was the brain implanted a memory when I was seven years old and I've done this with patients under hypnosis actually just actually friends of mine that that, that we've just tried this out and it actually works really well with with 
um, and and it's it's the it's the donkey and the carrot scenario. So so you've got to give the the brain a carrot, and for me the carrot was um, that 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 I'm destined to to change the world. Okay, so so the brain inserted a memory of when I was seven years old that I could remember everything else after that in relation to that one memory. So it changed all my memories after that, leading up to that age when I was 32. So, so it inserted that memory because, and, and the reason why I believed that it inserted it then was, that was the first time I ever spoke about it, was when I, I, I met this, this woman who, who did this violet flame treatment on me, which, um, uh, sure, it took quite a few hours of just kind of, just me imagining this violet flame like burning through my whole body. And then I was I was completely like um, flushed after that, so that had quite a big contribution because it was okay. But just going back to to the memory, let's not get sidetracked here. So the memory got inserted when I was seven of of when I was seven year old, lying in a garden, getting surrounded by unconditional love, saying that that you are going to change the world. So change the world type scenario, which is the carrot, right? Because you've never, the brain has never experienced that amount of adulation as the type of person that is going to change the world for the better. It's, it's, it's experienced every other type of good thing, um, you know, like falling in love or so friendships, but then there's, there's always like that element of you know, friendships aren't as good as what you think it's going to be, even though that's what you were really desiring or falling in love. It wasn't, you know, that, that kind of phase after a while, everything else had faded, but it had never, the brain had never experienced that type of adulation that you would get if you are the one person to change the world. And I believe that it inserted that memory so that it gave my brain a carrot in order to survive. So from worst case scenario, you are over here where you're close to death. And then there's a carrot of you're going to change the world. But what needs to happen in between is your body needs to heal in order for you to change the world. But your brain doesn't tell it that, but 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 that's what it knows in, in order to heal. And this is the um, theory that I've tested out in, under hypnosis, and I actually tried to approach universities, try to do a PhD on it. I got shut down by countless universities. So that's why I'm going public about this. But, so, but that was just one of the things um, that healed me. And then the next thing was an email from somebody in Cornwall in England that my mother had met about a year previously. And this lady was a psychic and my mother had phoned her and, and we've got, um, we've still got the recording of that first phone call. And the first thing this lady says to her, to my mother is, do you have a son? Because I feel like this is about your son because um, I really need to speak to him. And then I couldn't get to the phone the next week but then she made a recording and then transcribed it and then emailed it to us. And out came this email. And this is where things get kind of spooky is that on this email, it, there were four things that I never told anyone about. Um, one of them were, was words that I'd started hearing that I, that I had to look up in a dictionary. This is even before I got ill that w was helping me with my spiritual progress. Um, and she said, um, very clearly um, in in this uh, email and in the tape that, that she sent afterwards, um, it was very clearly there were four things. And one of them was 
um, we have been sending you words that you don't know the meaning of, that you have to look up to know that this this is not just your brain, that this is coming from a... <laughs> Yeah, a bit emotional, sorry. Um, that this is coming from a higher power, that um, yeah, we, we are sending you words um, that you have to look up. Then I was getting, uh, once every two weeks, I was getting a word, and then I'd have to look up the word, and it, it, was, it had to do with my thinking at the time, and it helped me to understand more about, because when I first got into spirituality, I was just reading everything that I could and trying to figure out you know, if God does exist, then why this and why that and what this? And these words are coming through that I, that I wouldn't understand. And I hadn't told anyone about that. And that was one of the first things she said. She said, because you've got this questioning mind and the skeptical mind. And so this is one way that we've proven to you that a higher power exists. And then she said that um, as well. She also said that um, we've started restoring some movement to your hands. Um, and it was just after... It was just before I read that email that my hands had started, just my pinky on my left hand, my left hand was better than my right, just my pinky on my left hand just started moving one afternoon while I was uh, being read to, um, just started, just the pinky, but in really bizarre movements that I couldn't replicate but with my own brain. And then the other one started moving and I was seeing an occupational therapist at the time and it took her 10 minutes to get the w w one finger from straight to there because it had been like eight months before I'd um, uh, well since I'd stopped the use of my hands so it would take you 10 minutes just to get get it like nearly to 90 degrees and then after my these started these movements started happening I went back to her and, and it, would, it took her like uh, two or three minutes and she got it to pass 90 degrees she said you're improving so quickly but I, but I didn't tell her why but my movements were my movements, my hands were moving independently of my own sort of, I, I just had to keep on letting go to, to allow the movements to happen. And it was mostly the pinky and then the, this little finger. And then, um, and then it was an extension, which was really scary because when you extend your uh, hands, then, then your wrists, they kind of really strain because my hands have slowly started getting more and more sort of clawed. And, um, when, um, paraplegics will notice that when you stop using a muscle that the muscle uh, and quadriplegics um, that the muscle slowly tightens so you've always got to um, so you've always got to stretch the muscle out but it's quite scary when you've got many tendons that are going through that and it's it's okay when you're in that position but when you start extending then they start tweaking and that's where all the pain was and that was really scary, especially, you know, first it was the pinky, but it was doing all these, all these motions and then extending. And then it was the other fingers. So she mentioned that in the email. She said that we've started restoring movement to your fingers. And I read the email after it had started. And there were two. Uh, the other one was that um, it's not going to heal immediately like you think that it can, like you, like you. So I never told anyone this, but, but. But I'd come to the realization that if if the power was because I'd started getting this heat and I I thought, well, if God is so powerful, then he could just heal me instantly, you know, and I was thinking along these lines. And so the third thing she said was like, um, it's not going to heal immediately like you've been thinking. And I was like, that was the third thing that I hadn't told anyone. And um I can't remember what the fourth thing was. Uh, it's in the book.
So it was the, the getting my life back, the letting go. Then it was this incredible heat that started coming through. And then it was this email from Debbie Clayton, who I interview in a podcast, which will, is an upcoming episode. So this incredible heat uh, started after I went to this lady. Um, oh, and then it was, did I say it was the implanted memory of kind of like the donkey and the, and, and the carrot, you know, the donkey chasing the carrot. Um, so worst case scenario to best case scenario and in between there's healing. Um, I didn't know it as well, but I was through this sort of letting go process um, and maybe from all the meditation I've been doing, I was actually having what they call a uh, Kundalini awakening um, where you do get this incredible sort of power coming through your whole body and kind of realigning stuff. And it's most painful in the most diseased places of your body. Um, although I've never actually had it in my throat area because I'm still sort of, I still have this fear of expressing um, like what I've been through. And that, that's why this process is actually quite <laughs> terrifying for me to tell you this. But anyway, I'm persevering. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had this blocked sort of throat area my whole life. You know, I spoke about stuttering when I was a child and um it's uh and also being quite different uh and then you, you say things that you've been thinking and everyone looks at you and go well that doesn't make sense and just doing this as well is pretty pretty damn scary um to explain what happened so this incredible heat mostly in the heart uh that would go on for hours at first i thought i was having a heart attack and then i was like okay. and then i said okay um god if this is you then move the heat to my left elbow, move it to my right elbow, move it to my left knee, my right ankle. And this heat moved to all these places in my body. So I thought, well, maybe it's not just my mind. Maybe this is God, you know, maybe this is God finally coming to help me. And then incredible heat in my wrists, uh, so much so that the wrists started blistering. And at that time I was, I had my wrists in casts because I told you about the the um, scratching that I was doing at the beds while I was sleeping. And also during the day, I'd, I'd, I'd suddenly just throw my wrist at, at, at an angle like that and really sort of um, jerk it. And then and you could actually hear the tearing of the tendons because they were so weak. Um, but the movement carried on every day for months. And then eventually the movement started going to other joints as well. And this, this heat started going, you know, um, well, I, visible blisters in my wrists and uh this carried on for six months and slowly um i started regaining the use of my hands and then i was like well you're going to change the world and uh so uh yeah my whole body started actually doing all these unwinds so it wasn't only my hands that were unwinding then my shoulders started unwinding uh, when i could use my hands Shoulders as well, because I had major injuries in my shoulders. I had shoulders and elbows from windsurfing and surfing, from hitting the reef um, or smashing into the, the windsurfer when you kind of catch a rail. And um, so I had major injuries. Uh, and then my knees as well, um, incredible pain and in my teeth, uh, incredible pain in my teeth. Uh, basically, the, the parts of my body that have been mostly damaged in my life leading up till then, um, just incredible pain for an incredible heat just for, for, uh, hours and hours a day or, uh, in my tendons, my Achilles tendons, 
incredible heat in those for for actually that was for like a month every day um and those slowly got stronger and, and, and healed. So that was really awesome as I managed to heal. And now I was set to change the world because that is what my brain had convinced itself that, that you know, that, that I was destined to change the world. And, and that's what I planned to do. And I was, I was uh, set on my way. I, I wasn't going back to being a chiropractor. I was set on my way to change the world and make, make a difference and make the world a better place. So it was happy times. Until, <laughs> until something else happened, uh, but we'll, we'll cover that next time. So I hope you enjoyed that story.